The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, guys, and welcome to the official kickoff to the 2023 season of the Bears Talk Underground. This is my 17th season doing the show and probably the most exciting one uh, we've had in, in, in quite some time. I mean, if 2018 was pretty great, 2010 uh, was awesome, but the anticipation going into those seasons hasn't been anything close to what we've got going here. And then on Friday, uh, the Bears lit the football world on fire by uh, very early, you know, almost, uh, what, seven weeks uh, or so early, uh, pulling the trigger on the trade for the number one pick, uh, sending it off to Carolina and getting a haul uh, in uh, return. So, I mean, it was, it was quite the uh, quite the hubbub. And, uh, of course, uh, the bastards for the second year in a row. Uh, I, but I've learned my lesson. I won't be doing this again. But I I, I went home uh, this past week to Chicagoland, spent it with the uh, family uh, celebrating my uh, birthday uh, week. Uh, my sister and I both born uh, within a couple of days of each other. I'm, I'm the older one. She's almost exactly three years younger uh, than me. I was born on the 8th. She was born on the 6th. So we always celebrate our birthdays uh, together and you know same as last year uh, went home for the same week and everything and decided you know what nah don't need my podcast stuff free agency starts after I get back so no big deal well last year we cut Tariq Cohen we cut Danny Trevathan and and then oh yeah we traded Khalil Mack uh, to the Chargers uh, last year so there I was uh, you know, essentially twiddling my thumbs for four days waiting to go back home uh, so I could, you know, react to this whole mess. And uh, this year, the exact same thing happened. I was like, nah, free agency begins. It's going to be very exciting for the Bears because we actually have cap space to do some things. We're expected to, to make some big splashes uh, day one, which for those of you listening is today because the legal tampering period uh, begins uh, around noon uh, noon Eastern, so 11 o'clock uh, Central Time uh, today. So we'll be hearing the fireworks and hopefully the Bears making deals before the end of business uh, today and hopefully some of the names that I'm going to be talking about here in a little bit. But but for the second year in a row, they, uh, they do something that uh, I needed podcast stuff for because I wanted to react and, and be on, you know, get my reaction out there as quickly as everyone else did. But, uh, you know. Let me tell you, I might not bring the whole smash with my mixer and, you know, and all the rest of that stuff. But next year, when I go home for my birthday, I am at least at the very least bringing a microphone with me because so I can do it old school uh, when I would just plug the mic directly into the computer and and record it into my uh, software. It's not the, the fancy setup that I have now, but I'll at least be able to get an emergency pod done so that uh, I can get my reaction out there instead of being, you know, three, four days late uh, like I am today. But, um, yeah, so plenty to get to. We're going to sneak in a quick uh, free agency preview as well. I mean, most of these deals will probably be taking place when you guys are finally uh, listening to this. 
but uh, wanted to get my reaction to the Bears-Panthers trade out there, talk a little bit about free agency since the Bears actually are going to be part of the discussion quite a bit this year and uh, kick off 2023 of the uh, Chicago Bears. Did I say Chicago Bears review? I hope I didn't say that at the beginning. Bears talk underground. My God. <laughs> it's <laughs> Well, that's old school. Chicago Bears review, or at least that's what it was called the first, what, 12 years or so of the pod? So, uh, all right, let's get to it. This is the uh, 2023 free agency preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. You know what? It's it's uh, it's already been a long day. It's it's uh, it's Sunday. I'm I'm planning on going to bed right after this, and I think my 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 brain is already on my pillow. Uh, counting the uh, counting the sheep. Uh, it's it's been a long day. Had the you know the four hour drive from Chicago land back to my home here in uh, Iowa, and uh, I'm just I'm ready to pack it in. So forgive me if I started with Chicago Bears view. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so Friday afternoon, uh, I'm sitting uh, at uh, I'm sitting in my dad's uh, house. Uh, I was working from home. Uh, finishing up the week, nothing going on, fiddling around on my phone, and then the alert comes over. Bears trade number one pick to Carolina. I was like, "Ooh, Carolina, okay." And you know, it's it, it, obviously for like the first five, ten minutes or so, we didn't know what the compensation was, but it's exciting. You know, it has to be something, especially since you know anyone who's been following the process knows Carolina's coming in at number nine. So that means we're going from one all the way down to nine. So the haul has to be significant if we're going to drop down eight spots and well without well outside the range of a uh, of a Will Anderson, possibly of a Jalen Carter. I mean, him and his his latest drama uh, with the car accident and such like that. He may still fall to us at nine anyway. I mean, which would make Ryan Poles look like the genius of all geniuses that he could give away the number one pick, move down eight spots, and still get the guy he wanted all along uh, kind of thing. But, um, you know, whether or not we actually want that guy after all this, I don't know. Talent-wise, absolutely. But I've been here this mess plus the things that I've been hearing about him and how he prepares, I'm not so sure that I would want Jalen Carter uh, on my team or at least to be investing a high first-round pick uh, on him, especially when the Bears, uh, even after this trade, are in a position where, they still don't pick again until like 53 after this. So, yeah, it's a lot of lot of space to lose a lot of prospects between 9 and uh, and 53 when we could have had a shot at somebody else that we could depend on. But um, nonetheless, five, uh, five, ten minutes later, it finally comes over. Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, and such start doling out the details. And, you know, obviously the Bears drop from one, to nine, so we swap first rounders this year. We got a 2024 first rounder. We got a, a second rounder this year, number 61, uh, in the trade. And then I was, then the as I was going down the list, I was like, second pick and second round pick in 2025. That's interesting. And then the cherry on top. Oh yeah, and we got DJ Moore, and that's where I sprung right out of my chair because that makes this a huge win for the Bears. 
because now we don't have to give away assets to go after a guy like T. Higgins. We don't have to give away assets to bring in an aging DeAndre Hopkins or, you know, take a or, or overpay for uh, Jacoby Myers or, or anything like that out there on the free agent market. You know, that's what makes this such a baller move by Ryan Poles because it's being compared to other recent moves of this ilk, like the main example being Stephon Diggs being traded to Buffalo and then year three, Josh Allen explodes into the stratosphere, into the superstar that he's become over the last several years. And But when Buffalo traded for Diggs, they gave up like a one, a four, uh, a three the following year, a six-round pick. They gave up like four picks to get Stephon Diggs. And obviously that worked out, so that's a trade Buffalo would make every day of the week and twice on Sunday now. But they gave away multiple assets and took a chance on Stephon Diggs. And obviously it worked out like gangbusters. But on the Bears, on the other hand, they gave away one pick. They got two ones, two twos, and a proven commodity at wide receiver on a on a franchise-friendly contract because he got his bag from Carolina already. And so, but it's also not the Tyreek Hill thirty million dollars a year uh, extension. He got like a three-year, sixty million dollar deal from the uh, from the Panthers, or an extension, I should say, that kicks in this year. But his cap hit is like seventeen million versus thirty-something million for for a Tyreek Hill and 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 guys like that uh, as well. He's under control until twenty twenty-five, so it's not like we have to you know give him a bag past this season uh, to uh, to stay with the, the team. We've got him until 2025. So, like, And we got two ones and two twos, like the complete opposite of how Stephon Diggs was, was acquired by the Bills. The Bears gave away a pick, a very valuable one, at number one uh, overall. But any year where no one can quite agree who the number one quarterback is and the Bears don't need uh, a quarterback, this was a trade that was uh, – Necessary, I think, uh, for the Bears. Move down a few spots, acquire more picks, and just, um, man, that DJ Moore thing really just put the icing on the cake uh, for that. Because you're saying, okay, so we got two ones in 2024. That's awesome. Uh, and, I mean, and, and, and what really kind of pushed it was the DJ Moore thing because they're trading away their best receiver and most likely taking quarterback at number one. I'm, I'm hearing that they're leaning towards C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. He's not going to have anyone to throw the football to. So there's a very good chance that that pick we got from the Panthers will be a high one in 2024. So we'll have two, two first-rounders in 2024. Uh, we, have, we have number nine, two second-rounders this year. And then we have two second rounders in 2025. Um, and, um, you know, uh, the rumors and everything coming out was that the Panthers wanted it to be uh, a first rounder in 2025. Poles wanted a second rounder in DJ Moore and held his ground. And I'm sure that he probably threatened to call somebody back like, oh, you know, Jim Ursay is on the other line. Should I take his deal or are you going to give me DJ Moore? And, you know, they gave up DJ Moore. And, uh, yeah, so Justin Fields has his Stephon Diggs. This takes the pressure off of Chase Claypool having to emerge as the number one. 
Uh, Darnell Mooney can now run rampant all over the field doing what he does. Uh, Valus Jones can be the gadget guy. Equinemia St. Brown can fit in where he fits in. And whoever the Bears might draft and or sign um, to add to that wide receiver room is only going to enhance what's already there. But DJ Moore is our number one guy for sure. I mean, that's he's surefire. It's not like we bring in Claypool and we're going to try to wedge him in uh, at number one or trying to make Darnell Mooney our number one when he's not a number one guy. DJ Moore is unequivocally a number one wide receiver, and no one is arguing that now. That's what everyone is saying. He is legit number one, and he's going to be a huge target for Justin Fields. And, you know, what I'm hearing people say is that, you know, the Bears are well on their way to being able to evaluate Justin Fields properly because he's going to have the right tools around him that you'll be able to figure out, just like Buffalo did with, with, uh, with Josh Allen. Hell, just like uh, the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts this past season, getting A.J. Brown uh, from the Titans. They gave up a first-round pick uh, to get A.J. Brown uh, last season, or last offseason, I should say. So, and obviously, that worked out really well. A.J. Brown had an outstanding year in Philadelphia, and they went to the Super Bowl together. So, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, grew as a passer, and uh, that's something that we as Bear fans, and I'm sure the, the Bears organization themselves, are really looking forward to seeing Justin Fields make that leap uh, in year number three. And now that he's got a proper number one, that's obviously going to open things up for everybody else, including Darnell Mooney, including Chase Claypool, including uh, Cole Komet and, and, uh, and everyone else uh, in between. It's, uh, it's a hell of a move, a hell of a move. And like I said, the total inverse of what Philadelphia had to give up to get A.J. Brown, uh, it sure is a complete opposite of what Buffalo had to do to get Stephon Diggs, you know, it, it basically the, the Panthers paid us to take uh, DJ Moore uh, in, in this trade. The number one pick was just too much for them to uh, to turn down so that they, they, they threw in DJ Moore. It's just, that was, you know, that was the part that, I mean, obviously it's very exciting, but, you know, you don't know what the return on the trade is going to be until several years from now. The immediate return of DJ Moore is what makes this trade so compelling and what makes Poles look like a goddamn genius um, that he was able to get a, you know, a, an all-pro, top-level, legit wide receiver number one uh, thrown into this deal, along with two ones and two twos. So just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Could not be happier uh, with, the, uh, with the trade. The only thing that would have made it better was if it had been um, somewhere like like if if the Colts had been the trade partner, we're just moving down to four, so we're still in striking distance of uh, a Will Anderson if we wanted to add him or or anybody else. Things things open up at nine. I'm hearing Lucas Van Esk, uh, Skaronsky, the 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 lineman from Northwestern, hoping that uh, Tyree Wilson maybe possibly falls uh, to the Bears at nine, so on and so forth. It definitely opens up the possibilities and. This is Ryan Poles we're talking about, who is the complete opposite of Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace was all about trading up to get his guy, trading up to get his guy, and and you know squandering future assets in order to do it. Ryan Poles is all about trading back, acquiring assets, letting it come to him. And uh, I wouldn't uh, count him out as uh, you know maybe dropping a couple more spots from nine to twelve, or you know nine to fourteen, or something like that. 
landing somebody awesome and and gaining some more picks uh, along the way. So, I mean, it, it's just such an impressive move uh, by Poles. And um, like I said, r- really couldn't be happier with the return, ex- especially, you know, getting DJ Moore uh, in the deal and, um, you know, setting the Bears up. Two twos in, in 2025, two ones uh, in 2024. Uh, you know, still have the ninth pick, so we're still in the top ten, and we got an extra second rounder in 2023 uh, on top of it. Um, the only thing that would have been better is if we'd have got Carolina's second-round pick at 39, uh, and so there wouldn't be that big a gap between our first and second-round pick, but we'll have 50, 53 from the Ravens in the Roquan deal and 61 from Carolina uh, as part of this uh, trade. Um, so... And then we also have the first pick in the third round, which is 64. So we'll have four picks in the top 64, three from 53 to 64 in that, in that cluster uh, right there. So the Bears are going to be adding some significant talent uh, to, the, uh, to the roster. I mean, and we saw what, what Poles did with eight picks in day three, you know, four fifth rounders, two sixth round, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we got some players. Uh, out of that, not to mention a free agent uh, in in a rookie free agent in Jack Sanborn uh, and everything. So I think that his talent evaluation skills are are, are pretty pretty sharp. I mean, I know we only, only got one season, and uh, you know, but but Brisker, uh, Kyler Gordon, Braxton Jones, those are three starters right there. Those are our first three draft picks uh, in in twenty twenty two, and those guys were on the field. So and and uh, you know and outstanding. So I, I would love to see what he's going to be able to do with basically the opposite of what he had last year, which is high draft picks, and uh, to see what he can do uh, with that. Will he be trading back? Will we be loading up on day three players again and uh, and all that? So exciting times ahead with the uh, with the draft still uh, to come, and uh, who the Bears could be taking at nine uh, is a wide open spectrum versus what their options were had they stayed at number one. So very, very cool. So let's move on to this uh, free agency uh, preview, and we'll just uh, dart through this uh, pretty quick. Uh, you know, it was on the Internet kind of looking at possible uh, targets and, you know, gathered a few here and there. After the DJ Moore contract is factored in, the Bears still – over $10 million more than the second highest team uh, in the league, which is Atlanta at $62 million. Uh, the Bears with $72.7 million in cap space still going into uh, today. And the, 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 the quote-unquote legal tampering period, the league year, year doesn't start until Wednesday when these deals can become official, but uh, starting today at uh, 11, 11 p.m. a.m., excuse me, a.m. Uh, Central Time, they can start talking to free agents and start making deals and, and things like that. So, But, um, you know, looking at some of the target areas that the Bears probably want to look at, let's start with the offensive line. Um, guys at right tackle that the Bears could be interested in, uh, Juwan Taylor from Jacksonville, Caleb and Gary from Atlanta, Mike McGlinchey, who I'm hearing is the like the like the inside favorite uh, to possibly be the guy. Uh, Orlando Brown is definitely an interesting prospect because he is a he's an outstanding offensive tackle, but I don't know if he'd come to Chicago because the Bears most likely 
want to play him at right tackle to keep Braxton Jones at left. And that was actually why Orlando Brown wanted a trade out of Baltimore was that he was playing left tackle in, in the, in the relief of the injured Ronnie Stanley and knowing that when Ronnie Stanley came back, they were going to move Orlando Brown back to right tackle and he wanted to stay on the left side. So he's been out in Kansas city the last few years playing that left tackle position. He is a free agent and, um, you know, if the, if the Bears want him, I think they'd have to put him at left tackle, which is probably what eliminates Orlando Brown from contention uh, in Chicago. Uh, he would honestly be at the top of my list, but I think that whole right tackle, left tackle thing would be a sticking point. Now, I'm sure $20 million a season would ease the pain uh, of that, but, uh, you know, he, he got himself out of a good situation in Baltimore because he wanted to play left tackle was able to go to Kansas City. He lucked out there. The Chiefs traded for him. But uh, now that he can choose where he wants to go, I'm sure he would also choose the terms as well as far as, like, I'm coming here to play, to be your left tackle, not to play the right side while you groom a kid uh, to play a spot that I know I can play kind of thing. So, But, uh, you know, Taylor, uh, McGarry, McGlinchey, Orlando Brown, those are the big targets um, like I said I've, I've been hearing on Twitter and everywhere else McGlinchey is probably the guy that we're end up, we're going to end up signing um, and I don't have a problem with that he's been a stud for the uh, 49ers they say his pass blocking uh, leaves some things uh, to be desired but um, you know uh, I did some research on that and he, number one he was recovering from a quadricep injury but like from the second half of the season like week eight until the end of the year uh, which is when the 49ers really started taking off and went on their winning streak and and all that kind of stuff. I think he only gave up like three sacks and like a handful of pressures. So I I would take McGlinchey. The guy's a, the guy's an animal uh, for one. I think he kind of brings the attitude uh, and the aggressiveness that Ryan Poles, a former offensive lineman himself, is looking for. So I, I think it might be McGlinchey. But uh, don't rule out uh, Caleb McGarry uh, from Atlanta either so that's a possibility um on the inside uh at guard possible replacements for cody white here i keep seeing everywhere he might be a cap casualty uh for the bears um you know he's fallen off a bit he was banged up uh last year you know this is 2023 he was drafted in 2016 so this is eighth season uh going in and obviously you know lineman can play for a very long time but uh if you've been banged up, that makes it uh, more difficult. But some names on the list, Will Hernandez from the Giants, Connor McGover, uh, Ben Powers, uh, Dalton Risner. I'm actually not sure who that is, but that's, that was a name that was kind of thrown out there. And Isaac C., uh, Sumalo from uh, Philadelphia, all on, the, uh, all on the list there. You know, I'm not, I'm not in love with any of those. Uh, guys, I, I think that number nine, it, it puts us in a spot that, that Pete Skoranek from Northwestern would be good for us uh, at nine. But that uh, with, with him playing him at guard, now you're taking a guard inside the top ten. And as as and he played tackle in, in college, and he was um, obviously very good, the top tackle on the board. But he's a lot of people feel better suited for guard uh, in the NFL. And, you know, he's not, um, he's not, um, 
Quentin Nelson as far as like where you just watched him just maul people over uh, and over again. Uh, he wasn't as dominant, you know, to be uh, moving him to the inside or to, you know, to justify taking a guard in the top 10. It's not unprecedented. It's just not a popular move, but it, it, I don't think it would matter uh, for the Bears, and I certainly don't think it would matter to uh, Ryan Poles. You know, if they if they get to nine and he's the best player available uh, on the board, Poles is going to pull the trigger. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Do the Bears need a new center? You know, obviously we need to get Mustafer the hell out of there. And Lucas Patrick coming off of the toe injury that cost him. I mean, well, he had the broken hand that he played through, um, kept him out of training camp, and he played through it with the mitt uh, on the hand uh, while he was rotating in and out at guard with Tevin Jenkins. Then in his first game where he finally moved to starting center, he suffers the toe injury. He's out for the season. And then Mustafer, who we all were happy to see go, thrown back in there for the rest of the season. And he had his moments here and there, but more times than not, if something was going wrong, it was on Mustafer, and Mustafer being the center makes him the path, the shortest path to the quarterback. You know, having to go around Jones or Riley Reef around the right side and, and uh, you know, a tackle and, uh, and whatnot. It took them much longer to get there than people just blowing right past Sam Mustafer over and over again. So, um, you know, interesting. Uh, Candidates out there, uh, Austin Blythe, um, Ian, Ethan Pochick from the, I believe he's from the Colts, uh, Ben Jones. And, uh, you know, it's definitely something that should be explored. Um, I'm hoping that, that possibly at 53, that kid from Minnesota um, falls to the Bears uh, in the second round. His name, it's hyphenated and it's escaping me right now. I didn't, I didn't write that down. Sorry, guys. But, um, you know. The, the couple articles I read, uh, Pochett seems to be like the, the favorite uh, in that one as far as like who people would uh, prefer there. Uh, moving on to the defensive side, you know, obviously we need some help on the outside rushing the passer. Uh, it, you know, we, we've kind of traded our way out of the Will Anderson uh, area. He's not going to fall to us at nine, but possibly Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech could fall to us. Um, Lucas Van Ness, who's a Chicago guy. Uh, from the University of Iowa uh, could definitely be there at nine. So those are those are choices in the draft. But as far as you know, picking up veteran help uh, in free agency, Samson Ekobam or yeah, Ek- Ibu Kam uh, from I believe San Francisco is, is out there. Yannick Ngakwe uh, has been bouncing around the league yet lately. Uh, Arden Key, uh, Frank Clark is he's the one that kind of perks my ears up a little bit because he was a cap casualty. Uh, for the uh, Chiefs, just let him go a few days ago, uh, actually. So he might be uh, with his ties to Kansas City. Maybe Ryan Poles can convince him to come in on a on a franchise-friendly uh, one-year deal and uh, see where we go uh, from there to help groom whoever it is the Bears could possibly bring in on the younger side uh, and everything. I would lean towards Frank Clark. He had an outstanding year last year. For the Chiefs, they won a Super Bowl uh, and everything. And it's just, it's not that his production had fallen off. He just was more money than the the Chiefs can handle. And uh, they ended up having to let him go and test the market. So he's available 
I would love to see the Bears pick him up. I would love Poles to use the Kansas City connection to maybe bring him in on a on a short one or two year uh, deal, so that we'd have you know again like in DJ Moore, a proven commodity on the edge that's uh, you know still a very productive uh, player. <laughs> Somebody put Leonard Floyd. Uh, on the list that I was looking at, um, you know, he did awesome in his time uh, with the Rams, but um, I think we've been there, done that with uh, Floyd. I, I just don't uh, see that happening. But um, you know, I, I like Frank Clark. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe would be fun, so that would be interesting to see how uh, to see what happens there, to see if one of those dominoes is the first to fall uh, when free agency starts later today. Um, then we move on to three technique. And of course, Matt Eberflus has said many times that this is the, the steam that drives the engine as far as uh, his defense uh, is concerned. And some really exciting names uh, on this list, like Javon Hargrave, who's a little on the older side, 30, 31 years old. But last year at 30 years old, had 11 sacks from the interior defensive line for the Eagles uh, last year. So he can still get it done. Uh, being on the older side, maybe he would be a little bit cheaper to sign than, say, a Draymond Jones from the uh, Broncos, who's probably going to warrant somewhere between 18 and $20 million, uh, a season. I'm um, hearing Zach Allen is, is a big uh, name that the Bears might consider if they can't get either one of those guys. And then, obviously, we talked about before Jalen Carter's a possibility uh, at number nine because of all of his drama. He's, you know... I don't know if any's gonna, anybody's going to be willing to risk a top-five pick uh, on him that they would have before uh, any of this uh, you know, drag-racing nonsense got started and, and, and unfortunately ended up costing two people their lives. So, you know, we'll see. But as far as the names here, uh, you know, I would love either Hargrave or Jones to be the one that the Bears uh, signed. I think as far as youth and, and long-term return, I think Draymond Jones is the pick. But if you're talking about production, you can't go wrong with either one uh, of those guys. I mean, Hargrave was a beast for the Eagles uh, last year. 11 sacks from the interior. That is not an easy thing to do for an inside tackle uh, to do uh, in, in the pass rushing uh, game. So you you have the shortest route to the quarterback being right there at the middle of the line of scrimmage, but you're fighting two and three guys with the guard and, and the two, or excuse me, with the center and the two guards. Uh, to get there. So the fact that he was that productive, uh, was able to get the quarterback and, and being, you know, in the NFL on the wrong side of 30, uh, very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. So another area uh, of interest for the Bears, especially with Roquan uh, gone now and having gotten himself extended with the Ravens. Uh, linebacker. Some interesting names. Uh, Levante David from the Buccaneers. Tremaine Edwards from the uh, from the Bills, um, but I think the favorite is going to be Bobby Okirke, Okirke from the from the Colts. You know, having played uh, with Eberflus and under Eberflus when he was DC uh, out there, uh, I don't think I think that what I've been seeing, like projecting, is his contract would be you know ten to twelve million uh, a season, uh, which is a far cry from the twenty that Roquan got from Baltimore, and uh, you know and and the, the Bobby Wagners and the um, Fred Warners of the world getting $20 million so a season uh, out of their respective uh, teams and everything. But, uh, you know, 
I think Okirike is is the favorite uh, for a few reasons. Number one is production level. Number two, the fact that uh, you know he knows Iberflus' defense would basically just be able to come right in uh, like a like a fish to water and 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 do it. Uh, other interesting names: uh, Eric Kendricks, uh, Kazir White, uh, David Long Jr., and such. I mean, those are all names that maybe could be you know added on uh, later. Uh, I, I really like Levante David. He's been a stud for the. For the um, for the Bucks, Tremaine Edwards uh, was talked about as as being a pick for the Bears, but uh, that was the year that we drafted Roquan, and that was kind of like the debate: do we go with Roquan? Do we go with Edwards? You know, we took Roquan at eight, and Edwards went a few picks later uh, to Buffalo. And the risk with Edwards was that he was like only nineteen when he got drafted, and or some something crazy like one of the youngest players ever drafted into the league it's like do do we draft this kid that's you know as far as his age is barely out of high school uh, you know and somehow he managed to to go to college and get a career in uh you know and still only be 19 when he got drafted so it's it's kind of crazy but uh he played very well uh for buffalo and he's uh testing the free agent waters we'll see where he ends up maybe he goes back home uh to the bills maybe he uh ends up somewhere else and then another area of concern for the Bears is cornerback uh, number two because we got our one in Jalen Johnson. We got our slot guy in, in Kyler Gordon, or maybe he is the cornerback two of the, of the future. But it's always nice to have at least three cornerbacks in your, uh, in your holster there. Guys like William Jackson, third, uh, former number one pick by the Bengals. Rocky Sin, a, a top pick for the Colts. Jonathan Jones, Ronald Darby, uh, and so on. Be interesting to see if the Bears entertain any of uh, any of these guys. Also, uh, Darius Slay uh, was let go by the uh, by the Eagles, and I saw something online saying that Jaquan Brisker was trying to recruit him to come to the Bears. Wouldn't that be nice? The only problem there is, uh, as they say, Darius Slay on the wrong side of thirty. I, I heard that he was uh, thirty-two. So I mean, not not dirt old or anything like that, but definitely on the higher side of uh, of what the uh, the Bears are looking for at current. Before we wrap up, let's go back to the offensive side. You know, defense being such a weakness for the Bears uh, last year, it was probably going to be quite a bit of the focus of this offseason period, let alone uh, free agency with Okirike and and. Uh, you know, possibly getting our three technique, maybe signing Frank Clark or someone on the edge to enhance the defensive line uh, kind of thing. But obviously we have some, we're not perfect on offense. We're in good shape, especially with DJ Moore now. But um, some areas that we could uh, improve in. Um, interesting list of, of backup quarterbacks that are available uh, right now. Uh, Marcus Mariota is out there. Uh, Tyler Heineke, Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, among others uh, right now. Obviously, Andy Dalton is out there as well and uh, other guys like that. I think of this list, if if one of the, one of the more smarter investments a, a football team can make is to have, uh, in my opinion, two of the same quarterback. Kind of like when, uh, when um, Baltimore had Lamar Jackson, uh, they had RG3 behind him as the 
backup, which pretty much means you can run the same offense with this guy. God forbid something happens to the number one guy. And on in this list here, I think the the person that best f- that fits that is Marcus Mariota. Um, he is the guy that 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 you know, especially in college, uh, Heisman Trophy winner and all that kind of stuff, made his name with his feet just as well uh, as his arms. So I mean, he's not obviously up to the level of a Justin Fields, but he can definitely use his feet if you need to. You'd definitely be able to to, to run the RPOs and the uh, the quarterback options and things like that with Mariota out there. So God forbid something happens to uh, Justin Fields. I think Marcus Mariota is the best person to fit that. Now, whether or not he's somebody that we would want, because this is a guy who kind of abandoned his team for a bit last year because, uh, you know, when, when they found out they were going to start the rookie uh, and, and whatnot. I don't know. But uh, as far as like just the X's and O's portion of it, I think Mark, Marcus Mariota is the best fit because he's the person that we would lose the least with uh, at the backup quarterback position as far as like having to tailor the offense to the quarterback. You know, Trevor Simeon is definitely not Justin Fields. So Mariota is probably the guy that I would want to see back there. I don't know if the Bears are in the market for a backup with Trevor Simeon uh, out there. And, you know, maybe they could draft somebody on, on day three to kind of develop uh, and, and eventually become the backup or whatnot. But um, just an interesting list to put out there. Now, running back is going to be an interesting area for the Bears. Obviously, David Montgomery is a free agent. I'm hearing that the Bears want to re-sign him. But with guys like Josh Jacobs, uh, Tony Pollard, um, and and such uh, getting franchise tagged, the market for running backs is drying up, which means that the the uh, the market for David Montgomery is growing, and that um, you know because of the lack of options, Montgomery could be a popular guy on the market. He's productive and. Um, He's been banged up a couple times, but he hasn't had anything serious, only missed a few games here and there, and when he came back, he was as productive as he was before uh, he was injured. The only thing lacking in David Montgomery's game is that breakaway speed. You know, Obviously, he's broken a few big runs and everything, but he's not that guy that's going to hit a home run every single time. That, that's the only thing that's missing uh, from, his, uh, from his game. He's, he can catch the ball. He's an amazing blocker. You know, he's tough as nails. He's produced some of the most beautiful three-yard and a cloud of dust runs I've ever seen uh, in my life because the guy's got no quit in him. There's a lot to love uh, about David Montgomery, and I would love to see him back. I absolutely would. I think it would be a hole in the locker room if we let him go. So I'm hoping that the Bears are good on their intention to try to bring him back and maybe the market just prices him out of the Bears' range, um, and and that's why we have to, you know, see him play in a different uh, uniform. But as far as you know, his talent and his desire and his ability to get things done, I would love to have Montgomery back. Other interesting names out there: Jamal Williams, who had a very good season uh, in Detroit; Rashad Penny, who was on his way to have a great year in Seattle before getting injured; uh, Miles Sanders. The year that Montgomery and, and Sanders got drafted, 2019, it was, you, you know, I think Sanders was the favorite for most Bear fans because we were in the market for running back after having traded uh, Jordan Howard uh, away. 
But uh, with the Bears not having uh, a pick in that draft until the third round because of the Khalil Mack trade, Miles Sanders uh, was out of our range. He went in the second round to the Eagles, uh, obviously, and we had to, I hate the word, I hate to say settle because Montgomery worked out fantastically for us, but we had to settle for uh, getting a running back in the third round, and that was Montgomery. So Sanders, on the other hand, does have that have that breakaway speed. He does have that home run uh, hitting uh, ability. So that would be a very interesting signing for the Bears. Uh, James Robinson, a very good running back from um, Jacksonville uh, as well. So some possibilities there uh, for the Bears. I, I, I see a lot of people online excited about uh, Bijan from the – from Texas, but uh, number one, the Bears are not taking him at nine, and number two, he will not be there at 53 when the Bears are picking again, so you could just rush him right out of your mind. Uh, and then finally, some uh, pass catchers to kind of enhance the wide receiver room that we have now. Uh, interesting names, you know, Scotty Miller, uh, who was a favorite target of um, Brady? Am I thinking of the right Scotty Miller? Um, I think that's who it was. Uh, Mac Hollins, uh, formerly of the of the Raiders. Uh, Paris Campbell's out there. Marvin Jones. Uh, but I think the favorite, if the Bears are going to add a depth receiver, would be Miko Hardman. They played together. Uh, they, as in he and Justin Fields, were teammates when Fields was in Georgia. And um, there have been some online chatter about the two of them, quote-unquote, reuniting. Uh, so... I think of the Bears, not to mention the guy is a human blur. He is one of the faster receivers that the NFL has. So be interested to see them uh, possibly uh, reunite. Don't know if it's something the Bears are going to explore in free agency after having uh, gotten their hands on DJ Moore, but you never have too many weapons. And then finally, uh, tight end. Uh, number two to go with uh, Cole Komet. Uh, Robert Tunyon uh, is out there. Hayden Hurst of the uh, the Ravens and I believe Bengals. Uh, Irv Smith uh, Jr., formerly of the Vikings. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind Robert Tunyon. I mean, it seemed like every Packer game I watched, it seemed like that guy was always catching touchdown passes um, before he got hurt uh, last year. Or was it 2021 that he got hurt? Either way. Um, but he recovered from injury. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was 2021 he played this past season. But he's out available on the market, and, and a number two, an alternative to uh, Cole Komet. Wouldn't mind having Robert Tunyon on the team, especially if he could score three touchdowns against the uh, against the Packers the next time we play them. So, anyway, guys, there's a your quick and crude uh, free agency preview. Like I said, the Bears, after the DJ Moore uh, contract being factored in, $72.7 million in cap space uh, with free agency kicking off uh, by the time most of you are hearing this today uh, on Monday morning around 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 Eastern, and so on and so forth. So I'll probably, especially once I go on my lunch break today, will be living on NFL Network waiting for these things to uh, uh, come in and, and uh, who the deals are, who the Bears possibly signed. Did we sign Okirke and... and um, McGlinchey, right off the bat, is is Draymond is it Draymond Jones? Is it Javon Hargrave? Is it both? I mean, we got the money, so we'll see. 
what uh, what Poles is doing with basically the complete opposite situation that he walked in last year. Last year, five picks, no first rounder. Uh, you know, maybe twenty or thirty million in cap space to re-sign fifty something players. This year, all the draft picks, especially after this DJ Moore trade. Uh, you know, ninety something million in in cap space, seventy two after factoring in more. It's a night and day situation that Ryan Poles uh, is is working with in this off season, and he's off to a great start because the football team is already better than it was at the end of the season, adding DJ Moore uh, and everything. So it's we're already in an outstanding position um, than we were when the uh, season ended. So. Really looking forward to to this free agency period and to everything ahead. I don't know how often I'll be back. Like I said, I'm not a big draft preview guy, so maybe I'll try to uh, wrangle somebody in to help us, uh, to help educate us on who we should be looking at, especially now that the Bears are at nine and all the possibilities that that could open up for us. Uh, maybe our good buddy Eric Lambert from Sports Mockery will come back and talk to us. Maybe we'll find another draft expert out there. So keep it uh, keep it locked on the on the social media at btu underscore larry on twitter and on instagram and you can always join the facebook group just search bears talk underground and join the group and i'll keep you posted on when new episodes are coming out so that's going to do it guys uh come on back keep your eyes on the social media for when the next episode will come it'll most likely be in about a week or so after the first wave of free agency is over we'll do a free agency review episode talk about who the bears signed and who we got our hooks into who do we miss out on and so on and until then my name is larry d and this has been the bears talk underground say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill